Never mind the warning signs to look for within yourself. You say it all the time, and it is true. When I have people like you in my ear, bat, 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 Brian, slow down, <laughs> calm is down. I sound like? Bat, bat, bat. <laughs> I love it when people say, here's what your voice sounds like to me. <laughs> well, I think that's better than my wife, which is beep, boop, beep, because she was saying the same thing in the other ear. <laughs> but you know how I am and how stubborn guys can be. Fine, I don't need this. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you go through this with your husband. Mm-hmm. But finally, beep, boop, beep, and dot, dot, dot. They're going to win <laughs> in the end. Well, it's not something that's been happening as often as it should, but Courtney and myself actually together in the same room this week for episode 102 (laughs) of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. We've had all kinds of ailments, but throughout it all, Courtney has remained a mental health therapist, and I, Brian Mulhern, have remained a longtime mental health patient. We were patients of other kinds, but I'm glad to see that you're here and healthy, my friends. and you as well. Welcome back. And we're going to talk about some things maybe I did wrong while I was away. (laughs) how perhaps I was my own worst enemy. And I have to imagine in doing what you do that you run into Mm -hmm. things like this from time to time. I have the best of intentions when it comes to certain behaviors that I exhibit. And on the outside, for the most part, maybe they appear to be admirable. But little do I know while I'm doing them, I'm actually hurting myself. And I have had two bouts with this over the course of the last month. And I had to take some inventory about a lot of things because Mm -hmm. exhaustion was involved. And I mean exhaustion like I'd never experienced before in my life. And in both cases, I was convinced it's got to be COVID. Well, I took multiple tests and it wasn't COVID. One of the things ended up being a stomach bug. I'm still not sure what the other one was. Long story short, I ended up in urgent care. And as I sat down and I looked at the fact that I'm about to turn 52, I've been burning the candle at both ends, maybe even more often than I have in the past lately. And while a work ethic can be admirable and something that people really do respect, and in terms of all of the responsibilities that I put myself in charge of, I think I'm going a little bit too hard on myself. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm starting to feel it physically. And this is where sometimes there is this tug of war between the mental and the physical, and both of them can affect each other. And I noticed that once I did slow down and when I was home and I just relaxed and I sat there or I laid down or I napped or I just chilled out and watched TV, wasn't on the computer, wasn't trying to do eight things all at once, Mm -hmm. suddenly I was feeling a lot better. And I said, well, that speaks loud and clear to me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's great that you got that connection because I think for this show, especially this episode, really shining a light on the fact that there are a lot of little signs along the way that we ignore a lot of times about our physical and our mental health. I remember reading somewhere that sometimes the universe whispers at first, then it gets a little louder, gets a little louder. And before you know it, you're hitting walls. (laughs) Things are happening in your life where you're like, ah, and you can't avoid just like you hit the wall Mm -hmm. of physically just not feeling well, not being able to come in here. You're digging through it and looking back and saying, wait a minute, are there things that I was doing that maybe I didn't realize that I was running my immune system down, that I was just overexhausted from things and needed a rest. It's really important that we examine this, especially when people have mental health issues. A lot of times that can manifest as physical issues too. And people might not realize that their depression is getting worse, but they're feeling more pain. They're feeling exhausted, really fatigued. These are important signs to look at because it could also be, like you said, affecting your mental health. Well, isn't that interesting though? The mental manifest 
manifesting the physical mm-hmm. and the physical manifesting the mental mm-hmm. sometimes. Sometimes you're so depressed that you are unable to do anything physically. Yeah. You become catatonic. And sometimes you are working so hard, little do you know, behind the scenes, you are affecting yourself mentally. And there is a price to pay for that. And never mind the warning signs to look for within yourself. You say it all the time, and it is true. When I have people like you in my ear, bat, 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 Brian, slow down, <laughs> calm down. I, like? bat, bat, bat. <laughs> I love it when people say, here's what your voice sounds like to me. <laughs> well, I think that's better than my wife, which is beep, boop, beep, because she was saying the same thing in the other ear. <laughs> but you know how I am and how stubborn guys can be not to be yeah. sexist, but I'm fine. I don't need this. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you go through this with your husband mm-hmm. six or seven ways to Sunday. <laughs> but finally, d- beep, boop, beep, and dot, 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 they're going to win in the end. <laughs> Try as you might to beat them. And we do team up. We're like a tag team. I'm like, all right, I'm going in for in the this corner, it's <laughs> dot, 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 beep, boop, beep, in this corner, Mohan stands no chance. Beep, boop, beep. I love that. But it is true. You started to feel this and you had to look back and say, are some of my behaviors contributing to this? It's really important because when we look at like our immune system, what are some of the things that boost it? Well, rest, good nutrition, exercise, hydration, and also decreasing stress, right? If you're under a lot of stress and it's chronic stress, and sometimes chronic stress that's unmanaged can turn into burnout at work, these kind of things can lower your immune system and other things can creep in and you can get illnesses. And like I said, there's also a correlation back and forth between the mental health manifesting as the physical too. So we've got to look at this and start putting in some limits and really check in with ourselves and also not have that expectation, Brian, like you're going to be 52. That's still very young, but you can't look at yourself and say, well, I used to do this at 30 and I'm going to keep powering through. You have to look at yourself and say, well, things are a little different now. I have to judge myself on a new set of rules instead of us just running, running, running. I know I do that sometimes like, oh, I could do this before. Well, maybe you can't still do that. (laughs) Maybe you need to slow down a bit. And here's where that stubbornness can be a factor because you do look at your birth certificate and you say, oh, geez, wow, well, that's a pretty big number. (laughs) Well, we're getting up there, aren't we? But you want to fight it. You don't want to admit that, okay, well, this means it's a new chapter in my life and I have to change certain behaviors. Mm -hmm. But the thing that really spoke to me about it being me more than anything else is unlike a lot of people once I noticed that I was getting that exhausted so consistently Mm -hmm. I went and sought out the help of medical professionals immediately I had the COVID test I did some urinalysis I'm Mm -hmm. having some blood work done this week and time and time again everything was coming back well no we are not seeing anything here Mm -hmm. it looks like you're perfectly healthy otherwise at which point you say okay well I am the problem (laughs) (laughs) I guess I have to really look at what I'm doing yeah that's true you have to look behind behaviorally at what you're doing sometimes. And it's funny, when you had mentioned this, I was thinking of Bruce Willis's wife. There was a recent article on her, on Emma. And she said, I had to come to a point where I realized she was spinning out. She was taking care of her family. Also, Bruce recently diagnosed with some cognitive issues with aphasia. And so she's doing a lot of things to help him, I'm sure. And this has been going on for a while. If it's in the news now, then that means they've been dealing with this for years. So this has been going on and on. And she said she thought she was being the superhero she was there for everybody all the time, she realized, hey, wait a minute, I'm burnt out, I'm exhausted, my mental health is coming into question here. 
So I really have to look at this and say, if I'm not taking care of myself and having some limits and really doing some self-care, I'm not helping anyone. If I can't keep doing this, I have to slow down. Well, in some ways, you lose your sense of self Mm -hmm. because you become so laser focused on the task at hand. And I think another good indicator that many of us, in terms of signs that we ignore as we get older, is to look at your parents. Mm -hmm. And I should have known better when it came to my own parents because I have seen this pattern with them. My dad always worked a thousand miles an hour and there was a price to pay. And I Mm -hmm. saw that along the way. And one of the things that I'm trying to remain aware of speaks to what you just said about Bruce Willis and his wife. Mm -hmm. I had to get into a battle royale between my parents when my mom was still here because they didn't want to admit that they needed other people to help take care of them. Mm. They were so determined to take care of themselves. And if they couldn't take care of themselves, they started depending on the other one. And the other one was having to exert so much in the way of physical and mental health that what they were really doing was harming each other more Mm. and exacerbating and expediting the process. They don't want to hear that for as much as, and I always cite this example, they went through the same thing with their parents when they were my age. And at the time they said, if we ever get like this, you tell us. And I thought, oh good, well thank God that they have that clarity. Well, when it came time (laughs) for me to open up that can of clarity on them, they fought it like you wouldn't believe. And I said to my wife, we're gonna do this with Jonathan. (laughs) It is just the circle of life. But these are some of the areas where you have to do some work and you need to have some awareness before it becomes too late. Because Courtney, it was getting to a point when there were no answers as to why I was this exhausted. I was Mm. feeling so horrible. I thought there might be something really seriously wrong. And then I thought, oh no, did I do this to myself? Right. I have to laugh though, because I think your parents wanted to open up a can of something else on you. Oh, believe you me. My dad, he can still swing a walker like nobody's business. (laughs) Get over here. I've known this about you because, (laughs) yes, let's talk. So (laughs) here's the thing. I'm always like, okay, his work ethic comes from his father. It's such part of your identity that even Even if, in my opinion, certain things you don't need to do as much as you do, you will do them because you have this thing in your head. It's like, this is very important to you to show the value in it. You keep working really hard. And I know that that comes from your family, which, like we said, is a beautiful thing. Work ethic. That's awesome. But like you also said, you have to stop and examine that and say, there's a point of diminishing returns or where is this actually hurting me? What's that zone where I need to tamp it down so that I can live fully in other ways that will help to nurture me and feel better and nurture my relationships and feel healthier? It is difficult because, again, this is something I talk to with my clients. We're talking about restructuring how we're thinking. We're actually having to look at it differently, like for real. And that is hard to do. It's easier to say, oh, well, yeah, no, I get it. That's why I do that. But to actually change that, you are being forced to look at a lifetime of how you see the world. That's a big challenge, but it is very doable. The scary thing is that is only one layer Mm -hmm. of the whole pie, which is I have OCD too, Mm -hmm. which has been a lifelong problem and something that I still struggle to manage. I'm also, as we said, fighting some of the old age stuff. We Mm -hmm. were just talking about this the other day, how I'm having trouble reading some of the ad copy that we have here in the studio. (laughs) And instead of bringing my readers in, I'm like, no, I can squint and I can hold this out far enough away from my face. 
face that I'll be able to see it. I have to be his readers. But in addition to that, I know either that I take my phone and I magnify the camera. These are all the tricks of the trade. Why you put the flashlight on? Oh, it's awful. But on top of all of that, too, there is my competitiveness. Mm -hmm. There is my fear of making a fool of myself Mm -hmm. because I have a public job. And you know, because you've only seen it once, but you've seen the level of panic. It Mm -hmm. was the one time in the two years that we've been doing this show where I said... I've got nothing. We had 15 <laughs> seconds to go on the clock. I said, I literally am going to have to make duck noises. I have nothing to say here. And the fear of that thing yeah. coming with the red light coming on mm. as a broadcaster, a comedian, a performer, that's the kind of thing that'll wake you up in the middle of the mm-hmm. night in a cold sweat. Of course. And so that's what you fight all the time. You always want to be not just prepared, but way over prepared because you never know when those moments may come. But it's also saying, okay, that happened one time in two years and we're partners so that's okay because I can jump in and say okay then let's talk about such and such I'm so good under pressure now. <laughs> <laughs> well you want her in your foxhole <laughs> you know it's funny because with certain pressure I am very good like in mental health when I have right. mental health crisis that kind of thing but this kind of job it's a whole different kind of pressure going on and that's one of those things that you have to tell yourself I am prepared if on the off chance one time in five years that I'm not I have a partner there who can help out you can lean on them When we grow up, we get very independent about certain things. It's hard for us to trust that something will catch us when we fall. But the beautiful thing is it helps the other person out because I have a fond memory of that. I'm like, that was a beautiful moment. I never thought I could I tried to wipe it clean from my brain, but you remind me of it about a month ago. But you actually gave me a gift because it's like, wow, I can never help Brian out. Brian's always on top of it. He knows everything. He's so fast. He's articulate. But isn't it nice to know that sometimes that makes me feel good? So it's like you gave me a gift that day, even though you weren't looking at it that way. But when you are able to just be like, I don't know, I don't got it, it allows other people to step up in their power as well. My whole life is about unreasonable expectations. (laughs) And one of the other things where I really torture myself, and I know you hate this about me, and I know my wife hates it about me, and many other people with whom I have worked in the past, I hate repeating myself. Mm -hmm. I constantly want to creatively challenge myself. And therefore, if I see something and I say, "Eh, I've already done that, I'd be terrible if I was Lou Bega because I couldn't do Mambo number five every night. (laughs) I'd have to say, where's Mambo number six? I need something else. (laughs) I'm just not satisfied. And I feel like if I've repeated myself, I'm cheating. I failed. I am letting the audience down. I don't know. I think it's the competitiveness. I think it is the OCD. And I also think it is too, as I've said many times before, I find nothing to be more heartbreaking. The last seven or eight years of Letterman, when he totally took his foot off the gas, I was like, dude, just get out of there. Mm -hmm. I can say the same thing to some degree about Howard Stern at this point. I can't even listen to him anymore because he was so maniacal. And they both admit it. They say now, maniacal to a fault Mm -hmm. and it made me a horrible human being and I wish I could change it and I say to them but that's what made you so good (laughs) Brian's like you might have been a bad person but it was great to listen to you now I can't listen to you I'm like screw my health (laughs) screw my loved ones I've got people to entertain exactly but for you a lot of it goes into the extremes it's very black and white it's like well if I repeat anything then it's awful horrible da 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 rather than looking at it and saying okay where's some gray area here but you have that there is that drive which is an amazing thing and that's what makes you so successful in so many ways that you can do what you do and your brain is so 
flipping quick. But there is that part, too, that hard edge sometimes for you and for other people, too, to try to work around that sometimes. <laughs> well, in terms of me running into brick walls and hitting mm-hmm. walls, you must feel like as a therapist, when you're trying to deal with the likes of yours truly, you're just screaming at a wall. <laughs> How do you bust through that like the Kool-Aid man? (laughs) And I'm sure it takes all kinds of time and effort on your end. It's kind of like a dance. Just like we talk about therapy, it's not just a science or an art. It's both. And so you have to know the person you're dealing with and you have to know when they'll listen and when you can kind of get in there and plant those seeds. It's a dance. You can't just come in and be like, well, I know you better than you know you and this is what we're going to do. No, actually, you know you the best. Sometimes as a human, as a friend, I can get in that space where I'm like, oh my God, I just want to tell him a thing or two. Just do it like this, Brian. It'll make you feel better. But that's not even true. It may not make you feel better. You go in in a respectful way. And once you get to know someone very well in therapy, I can serve it with some humor. I can give them that look and they can say, I know, I know. And we can have those moments where they have those aha moments and they can really listen to themselves and they get it for themselves. It's so much better than somebody just telling you over and over again because you fight that too. Speaking for myself, I'm wondering if this is the biggest frustration or not. It's never that I will sit here and tell you, well, you're crazy. I don't have that problem. Oh, I'll fully admit it. (laughs) I am crazy aware of everything that's wrong with me, and I will never fight Mm -hmm. you on that. But I will butt if you to death, and I will still continue to do the things that I know are wrong, only because I feel like the consequences in the other direction are so much worse. What is more challenging Mm -hmm. for you? Is it that person that says, yeah, I know you're right, or is it that person that says, pfft, You don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Wow, they're both challenging. Probably the complete denial is the most Mm -hmm. challenging because it's hard to get them on a page where they're able to hear some of the things that you want to tell them. Well, they say the first step is admitting that you have a problem. Mm -hmm. And I fully admit that I have many problems. (laughs) (laughs) And Brian will be like, I got a problem. But then we'll say to people, what are you willing to change? Mm -hmm. Or are you not willing to change that? If they come in week after week with the same issue and they're not making any progress, then I say, okay, it seems like that's something that you're not wanting to change right now. Like you're choosing not to. And I'll choose those words because they'll say, no, it's not me. And I'll say, no, you're choosing not to work on that. So let's put that aside. Is there something else that you want? And it's great to allow people a space to vent. I'll say, do you need to vent? Five, 10 minutes, get it out. But if you start venting longer than that, you just keep relooping yourself in the issue and you keep getting yourself more escalated and it's not helping. So I tell people, allow yourself a few minutes to vent, call a friend, say, listen, this is what I need. I would have friends call me and I say, all right, do you want the therapist, life coach, or just friends, or a combination of all three? And they'll tell me what they want. If they want to vent, all right, go for it. Just get it out. Okay, great. And then we move on to something else. So it's good to know, like, you can go into therapy and you can do that. And then you can pick something that you are willing to work on. We'll say to somebody, okay, here's some options. What are you willing to do, if anything? Here is where I'm able to give myself some hope. And I also want to make a recommendation to the audience and also to you, because I don't know if you have an awareness of this. Do you know who Gary Goleman is? Is he the comedian? He is. Okay. He's from Massachusetts, and he is a comedian who has battled depression Mm. his whole life. And he has a phenomenal special on HBO. It's several years old, if you haven't seen it. It's called The Great Depression. And it is kind of documentary style where he's doing an act about a major meltdown that he had in his life. Mm. And every step of the way, his formative years, all of his concerns 
his quirks, what has been damaging, what has helped him. He's very open and honest, and I cannot recommend this more. I actually got to rewatch it while I was sick, and it really spoke to me. And where it gave me hope was he was sitting down having a conversation with a fellow comedian, and they were talking about the tendency of people in comedy. They're just so messed up. The comedy is a defense mechanism. And then when it gets to a point where you are relying on everything that's wrong with you so much, you're afraid to get it treated because you feel like if you take that secret sauce Mm -hmm. away, you're not going to be as funny. And that was something that kept me out of therapy for a while. It was something that kept me off of medication for a while because I said, look, if you take this brain away, if you alter it in some way, I may never work again. And it is very difficult to sustain a career in something like this. And they were kind of laughing about it, how Mm -hmm. many comedians feel that way. And I can say from experience, because I finally was able to break through that wall and just surrender myself to therapy, surrender myself to medication. Gary did the same thing. In some ways, it has made me a better comedian. But it's very hard to convince other people who are in that place that say, I am a millimeter away from being homeless. <laughs> and mm. if I alter anything about my personality, I feel like that's where I'm going to end up. But if I was able to break through that wall, mm-hmm. that gives me hope that maybe with all of this other OCD and the overworking and the drive and the competitiveness, and if Gary Gullman can do it too, because yeah. for as much as I've struggled, his struggles have been colossal. I mean, he was legit institutionalized. Mm-hmm. He's done the ECT thing. He talks about that. He's been on a million different medications. You know, look, I was sitting in a garage with the car running, so I've been within that neighborhood, but that special is remarkable. I don't know Gary. Mm-hmm. I would love to know Gary, and I would love to just be able to meet him once to give him a hug and thank him for mm-hmm. that special. I mean, Courtney, you would absolutely love I it. I actually have seen it, yeah, because oh, okay. when you said that, I couldn't remember the name. I said, wait a minute, Gary, and then when you said that, it was a few years back, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because I have seen it. Yeah, it was very good, and I liked him to begin with. He was competing on different shows and stuff like that, and I remember, and I've had that a lot of times with people who suffer from bipolar. They're afraid to go on the medication because they are so creative and there's all these things that their brain can do but they feel like if they go on the medication it's going to dull them and so they wait too long to get treatment sometimes and so that is a big thing to address. My fear and I think the fear of many people like me is okay the therapy is going to brainwash me and the medication is going to numb me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and if you combine those two things that's a recipe for disaster but you know what maybe there are more laughs to be mined from the therapy experience Mm -hmm. and the medication experience. And that's where Gary Gullman hit a grand slam home run with the Great Depression because his entire act is about it. Mm -hmm. And the way that he opens his act, it's something that brings such a huge rush of silence to the room, which is poison to a comedian. Mm. And it is him just being so real and so honest about what he's just been through. But then from there, he just picks up the ball and he's hitting three-pointer after three-pointer. It's really something to see. Isn't that the thing too, though? Anyone who's creative, if you're going to be good, you have to keep taking those chances. Mm -hmm. You have to keep pushing those limits. So looking at it in a different way and saying, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try to incorporate, as they always say, your messages in your mess. So 
I'm going to use that and I'm going to try out this therapy thing. I'm just going to try it out and see what it's like. I talk to people all the time who are very resistant of going on medication and I say, no, absolutely, I get it. You can talk to the doctor if you'd like, you can get some information, but let's just take it slow one step at a time and see how you're feeling about things. And I also talk to people about the fact that you don't have to go and change everything in your life. Usually there's three different choices that you have. One choice is to change something or a lot of things within the situation. Another choice is to choose to keep it the same. And the third choice is keep the situation the same, but choose to look at it differently. And so with that in mind, sometimes people come to therapy because they need to look at their life differently. They need to open up their mind differently and look at their situation in such a way that it helps to decrease their anxiety and depression. So it's not all about totally changing your life. For some people, that's what they want to do. And that's awesome. But there's lots of tools that we can give people. And ask yourself this question, even the most major life change that you've ever attempted, if it didn't go the way that you thought it would, have you ever been in a position where you couldn't undo it? Mm -hmm. Look, there was a girl that married me once. Mm -hmm. I don't see her around. (laughs) (laughs) But she was able to get out from under that. And God bless her for having done so, because I was quite a handful and I had a lot of growing up to do. I've said Mm -hmm. it many times. We met too young. We're still the best of friends. And when that happened, I thought I could never get out from under that. But somehow she found her way. I found my way. Just because you dip your toe into the therapy pool, Mm -hmm. if you experience something that you don't like, it doesn't mean it can't be undone. Right. So maybe dip that second toe in or pull Mm -hmm. the toe out and try to dip in a different toe and see where it takes you. And I think that is the fear. Everyone thinks that everything is permanent. This is the cause of suicide. We say it all the time. Hopelessness. This is permanent. Things aren't going to get any better. Mm -hmm. And if people had just taken the time to realize, look, I'm in a bad place right now, but the sun's going to come up tomorrow. I'm not going to break into song. Everyone calm down. (laughs) But seriously, that's the problem. I think that sometimes we get hardwired to think that once something is done, it's done. Right. And it's very difficult to be flexible. And that's another reason why flexible thinking can help us to be happier people, because we can also say, you know what? I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know all the details. You don't need to. You just have to have the hope or find someone who can help you have the hope. So we don't need to know all the answers. Sometimes people say, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. That's okay. But let's have some hope in this. And before you know it, in those conversations, you're going to start to see that you have possibilities. You do have some choice. You do have some things that you can do. When we get stuck in that all or nothing thinking, like it's either going to be this way or that way, and there's no other way, we start to get into that hopeless place. And that can be a really scary place to be. But hold the hope because there's so many ways that things can play out. Okay, we got to wind down because I got to start working on Monday's show. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Exactly. He's got to go back to his show prep. But if you were to sum up everything Mm -hmm. that we've discussed, or if you had one last piece of parting advice for somebody like me, who sometimes I'm my own worst enemy, Mm -hmm. I can't get out of my own way. At least I do realize that maybe not everybody does. What would that be? Well, I'd say it kind of goes back to, we're going to be talking about a book called The Power of Regret in the next few weeks, probably. Really great stuff in there. One of the things he talks about is the regret that we have. It's the little things that we do each day that become the habit, and that's gradual, but then all of a sudden, we 
have something that happens that feels like, oh my gosh, this just came on me. Like with you, maybe some of the habits that you had, they were gradual, that maybe you weren't doing your self-care or you were getting run down and you were making certain choices. And then all of a sudden you're like, boom. So we've got to really look at that. Look at the things that we're doing that maybe we need to just slow down and say, how am I feeling? Let me check in with myself. Am I feeling more pain right now? Am I getting exhausted? What do I need to do to take better care of myself? And also getting the help that you need. If you're feeling like, wow, I've been real anxious lately or I've been feeling more depressed, look into some services to get some help around that. Because it's those little things that we do every day that add up to bring us to a place that sometimes that's not the place exactly where we want to be. Well, Courtney, I'm clearly too swamped and overwhelmed to email you, but for others. Exactly. If they would like to get in touch with you, how can they do so? Feel free. Wellness at WCTK.com. You can also come to our website, catcountry.com, the Wellness 411 page. We have lots of great resources for you. Social media platforms at Cat Country Mornings, individual pages, Courtney with a C, Kelly E.Y., Bedard sometimes. You have Brian Mulhern here, Brian with an I-H-E-R-N. Don't forget to tell others about this fabulous podcast, which they can listen to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, their smart devices, and oh, so many other places. Courtney, it's good to be in the same room, oh, yes. finally. Welcome, welcome back. It's good to be <laughs> not exhausted enough to be able to get out of my bed and All actually right. sit here with you. We were nervous for you, Brian. I'm glad you're feeling better. I was nervous about coming back in, and here I am. <laughs> <laughs> with me in your ear. Pop, 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 pop. It's better than people beep. <laughs> <laughs> so until then, if my wife doesn't murder me upon having heard episode 102, we'll see you on episode 103, Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Thanks, Courtney. Thank you.